If you've invested in your business, chances are you've funded future growth potential through leverage and after filling out loan applications and undergoing credit checks. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Australian Business Podcast. I'm Daniel Golubev. I'm Jordan Kittis. I'm Owen Rask. We're here to help you make more profit, find work-life balance, save time, capital, and grow your business. Every week, we drop the best tax tips, marketing hacks, growth strategies, and methods to help you grow. If you haven't already, take the free Rask Business Course. Book a chat with me or Daniel at Grayspace. Or get in contact with us about business coaching. We also love hearing from you. So send us your questions and feedback using the resources found in the podcast player for each episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. We are recording in video and audio, which is good fun. The guys are down from Sydney recording in the studio in Melbourne. Jordan, Daniel, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Uh, We are talking about offshoring in this episode. It's such a popular topic. I feel like every business does it now. Mm. Honestly, I was having a conversation with a guy the other day who was um, one of the pioneers of offshoring. His name's Steve Sammartino. He's a futurist now. And uh, he talked about this in the early 2000s, he was offshoring for his software engineering company. And he always went on the talk shows now like, you're taking Australian jobs. You're taking Australian jobs. And his point was, I couldn't have started this business without offshoring. And now I employ Australians. So he's like, at which point, like, where does that reconcile with like, I'm taking jobs. (laughs) Like, I wouldn't be starting this business if I didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, the, the industry has evolved dramatically since then. We talked about like some Australians have set up offshoring companies that you can contact overseas. So, you deal with an Australian team, but they're out. That will help you organize offshoring. Yeah. Super easy. And there are so many benefits. There's up, upsides, downsides to all of the things that we do in business. Do you guys offshore? Yes. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We um, offshore a lot of the data processing. Um, so, we use a specialist offshoring business that do everything from recruiting, sourcing all the staff, setting up the IT, mm. all the security measures. It, it's all done through an Australian company that's set up in the Philippines, same as your example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the previous, before you guys started Grayspace Advisory, did you use offshoring then? No. I, I did. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Okay. So, I think there's a very big difference in efficiencies Yeah. between the two. If, okay, another question, just a real quick one. Should every business in your opinion, you guys see a lot of businesses as accountants. Should every business consider it? Yeah. I think there's, regardless of what industry you're in, you can you can have a use case for it. Um, if it's, say, marketing, every business needs to do that. You can have someone in there organizing a content calendar, um, 
scheduling things, that type of stuff. Admin as well for us is, is something to consider. Mm. Um, a lot of admin stuff that we find business owners are doing themselves where you can easily hire someone to do that. And they don't need to be sitting next to you. You can, given everything's online now, it's easy to have an admin person working in another country, another time zone. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you agree? I completely agree. Completely agree. I think every business can find a use for it. I think not every Every business can find use for it, maybe not at every stage. So some, you know, early level businesses might not n- have a need or the workload for it. But I think at some point in time, in order to scale, it does come in very, very handy. Yeah. Um, we don't do it yet, but I'm currently in the process of going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't believe it's taken me this long, to be honest with you. Like I was just meeting with people in the Philippines, um, like virtually I didn't fly over to meet with them, but um, just here. And speaking with them, I was, I'm just like, I'm thinking, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, this is incredible. Um, so a lot of the con- uh, misconceptions maybe are that like, it's, you're not going to get a lot from the personnel that you hire overseas. Um, by the way, Philippines, Nepal, less common, but there's many different areas, particularly in Asia where you can do this. Some people even say South Africa, um, because the English is a first language, yeah. but um, communication. How have you guys found communication? Really good. Um, we use uh, Teams throughout our business and everyone overseas as well. Um, and like the English is fantastic. It's easy now given how good technology is and how far technology's come. Prior to having Zoom and Microsoft Teams, it would have been hard. I mean, we where I used to work before we started Grayspace, it was only on, um, I think we, we used Zoom and some type of, maybe it was, no, I think it was Slack. Slack, yeah. So it's still, it's fine. But in terms of collaboration now, it's easy. It's, you can share your screen. You can have those meetings easily. Um, so it's definitely come a long way. And I think it's easy regardless of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Not coming from a firm that did outsource, I was, you know, quite concerned about the potential, you know, communication, even the security risks. But then obviously Jordan was very, very confident Mm. with sort of the outcomes and we went for it and I was blown away. Yeah. Like the the type of people that you're sort of employing, they're unbelievable. They're skilled. The communication is unbelievable and you actually get to know these people sort of personally. It's not just someone in the background. It's like having another employee yeah. working from home. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the real difference. doesn't matter where they are. Um, our, our people are in sort of the Philippines and the time difference isn't bad. Like yeah. they're, they're working very similar hours to us. Yeah. Well, I've heard some of, depending on where you go through, you can actually get them to link up to your hours. Yes. Yes. So I think it's only two hours difference between like the East Coast of Australia and the Philippines. Yeah. Um, so they might work seven to three if you work nine to five, for yeah. example. Um, really interestingly, when I went through this process recently, so I'll tell you how it worked for us. It's like I got in contact with someone through a recommendation um, and... We pay. We would be paying one hundred ninety nine dollars US a month for the co working space. So we pay the co working space, and the co working space also has a HR function that we pay five hundred dollars for US. And they go and on average get a hundred leads, degree qualified with three years experience or ten years industry experience without a degree. So they go and source a hundred of these. Then they get that down to three who do through videos and I can watch the videos that they've done through their interviews and all that sort of stuff. And then I can choose to interview them as well and check all their credentials and do all that sort of stuff. And then select, if it doesn't work, there's a money back guarantee um, or they'll go around again. 
uh, and then you select the team member that you want, just like a normal application. Uh, and then from there to give context on the pricing that I've got is that it's between anywhere from the low end, which is $300 to $600 per month US. Yeah. So you're looking maybe say up with the desk, maybe 1200 bucks Australian. Yeah. And this is a qualified person. Now, I was obviously very concerned about the ethics around this. And so I looked into all like the average wage for people that are in non-agricultural work, as they call it in the Philippines. And this is like above, yeah, well above average. They're like, you'd have to work night shift in this professional role to get this wage. Yeah. And I just thought that was incredible. It's the same thing for us. Not not to talk about figures, but you're thinking like, is this, are we paying this person enough? Where- when we the the company we use, sorry, they run through everything. So all the allowances, their rice allowance, all of their public holidays that they have. So we're like fully compliant. And again, we check that and we're like, oh, is this the right thing to do? But yeah. again, they're paid well over what their industry standard is in the Philippines or wherever it may be. So I think it's more so to be ethical and and to make sure you're paying these people who are people at the end of the day. It's not just the and. It can be, I don't know what the right word to use is, but because you're not seeing this person, it can just be like, oh, a function they're not almost. people. Yeah. And like that is so wrong. Yeah. So I think it's really important to be ethical and make sure you're paying them well above what um, they would get in, in their home country. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've had like a lot of similar experiences from heaps of um, business owners who do this. And I don't know, have you guys traveled there? I haven't been to, I've been to Southeast Asia, but not the Philippines. Okay. No, no. It's probably something we would like to do. For sure. Eventually. So yeah. you guys are the only ones that outsource that I know of that haven't gone and met their team. Because a lot of people, like, I'll probably have, not have to, but I want to go and yeah. once we establish a team there, like want to go and meet them and make sure everything's okay. But um, like some of the comforting ideas was that like, so this is run by an Australian company that owns the workspaces, just like yep. co-working spaces yep. here in Australia, in uh, the Philippines. And they recently took 190 of their business owners over, like invited them over to like have a big like event for their outsourced teams and kind of like welcome everyone to the, the network and how it all comes together, which is really cool. And you want that kind of transparency. But interestingly, back to the communication thing, I was going through the process of like figuring this up out, having introductory calls and all that. And I was chatting to a guy who works for the company that does the, the the sourcing. So he works for this co-working space and they do the sourcing of the candidates. And he's only been working there two months. And I said to him, okay, mate, because I was really worried about this communication piece. I was like, mate, I'm probably going to give you like a nine or a 10 in English compared to me. It's like eight, right? Maybe if I'm generous <laughs> to myself. I'm like, so what would I expect? Like, obviously you're pretty bloody good at your job and mm. et cetera, et cetera. You communicate exceptionally well. What would I expect? from these applicants that I get mm. in the pool. He's like, well, funny, because I went through the process. I was one of those applicants. He goes, they scored me an eight out of 10. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, on average, you'll get a nine. Because I actually do the scoring. Wow, okay. And I was like, oh, well, Christ. Yeah. So I might be a six. <laughs> <laughs> Love the one you thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I was blown away by that. I was like, okay, wow. Well, let's see how it goes in the next few months. I'll, I'll report back in. But I was like, wow, that's pretty We've, big. we've never had a problem with communication. No. Emails are like fantastic. Yeah. English is like nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10. And yeah. like in, in writing, in, in when we're sending emails to and from each other, like grammatically correct as well, which that can be the nuance between yeah. cultures and between different mm. countries. Mm-hmm. 
But even on like that little nuance, like fantastic. Like you can't fault it. Yeah. So yeah, it's never been an issue for us. No, no. It, yeah, it blew me away, honestly, from someone that hasn't had the experience. Blew me away. You've waited a while as well. Did you have any other hesitations other than just communication? I think I was always a bit worried about the ethics around it, not necessarily from like an employee Australian's perspective, because I don't think that's the problem. I think that actually cre- it creates more profitable businesses, which then me- means you can pay more for your existing employees Correct. Um, and actually take tasks away from them that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I think the hesitation was like, probably like I do, I did occasionally, I do want to see people occasionally and I do want to f- like feel their energy and make sure that they can learn and stuff like that. Yep. But our team works from home four days a week, basically these days anyway. Yeah. So, I think it's just been a bit of time coming and um, I think based on what I've done so far, like the business partners that we work with outsource and I can be engaging with them and I don't even know. Yeah. So, like, why, like I, I think all of those con- misconceptions that I had were true. Like, they were misconceptions. They weren't the reality. Yeah. Um, and I'm now like, well, let's do it. Like, to give you an idea of what I want to outsource, I've gone from, like, skeptical to like super excited puppy like in terms of wanting to outsource so like things like we do heaps of podcasts we do heaps of articles every week we work with people that send us their articles syndicate articles we upload to youtube tiktok instagram we have customer service we have memberships we have students like a lot unbelievable yeah right we'll probably get a person for content so like to manage content flow check things Working Canva, schedule, help like marketing with scheduling stuff, creating stuff, working with our partners to optimize their articles for SEO. Um, even with like we collect data on ETFs, exchange traded funds, we mm-hmm. collect data on stocks, like companies on the stock exchange. We collect all of this data manually ourselves. Like a, a lot of the time we can use some programmatic stuff to extract that, but a lot of it we do ourselves. Yeah. There's hundreds of hours a month. Yeah, there. it's heavy on time. Yeah. And, you know, go like be realistic when it comes to pricing is what I'd say. But from what I can tell so far, they estimate it's $5 an hour Australian. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, so it sounds about right. Between 5 and maybe $10 yeah. Yeah, seems to be the average. Again, it, and it does make a difference what they're doing. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You, if you want someone that works on Salesforce and is an expert, yeah, you're going to pay a lot more. 100%. It's yeah. not, don't think that, oh, yeah, I'm just going to outsource a task that's going to cost me five bucks an hour. Because like you said, if they're, if they're a specialist in a certain software or they're a, a financial planner, they're an accountant or whatever it may be, that's going to dictate how much you're going to yeah. pay. Yeah. yeah. Even if they've had Australian experience before with other Australian companies, right? We, we notice that, you know, we can be quite generous because we are. We, we give nice pay rises to the to our sort of outsource workers but if they've had that experience and you're trying to recruit them they're usually expecting a little bit higher than what someone without the australian experience is, is looking at as well because okay. they're sort of getting used to it that's what we've noticed yeah with, with that's our, right. i think it was our second recruit is that because he had a little bit of australian experience previously his original asking rate was slightly higher 
which I, I thought that was quite interesting because he's probably used to having Australian companies able to pay that yep. or compete. Yeah. So cool. Is there any other tips that you guys would have having done this for a while that when it comes to finding, keeping, maintaining, yeah. all of this stuff, like what would you say to people that are thinking about it? Train, train, train. Train them as much as you can. Don't assume anything. Assume they have um, less knowledge than what you want them to have because there's, although their English and the communication is fantastic, sometimes if they don't understand something, they won't tell you. They'll just try and figure it out and figure it out. So they're embarrassed. Yeah, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but if they're embarrassed or they don't want to let you down. Um, so it's really important to have weekly check-ins or we have daily check-ins every morning. You know, what are you working on? How's it all going and whatnot? So I think it's really important to check in to make sure that they understand what's going on and make sure they understand what you want them to do. Yeah. Yeah. What helped, I think, us, especially with the first hire, is we not used her, but were working with her. And we would ask her to create a process mm -hmm. for us for a task. So we would sit there, explain the task and go, okay, now we want you to do it from start to finish and we want you to document how you've done it. Because what that does, it, it creates your processes for the next person. Like, oh, here, this is actually That's a awesome. template That's great feedback. from someone that has done it from start to finish without doing the task before. And here's a step-by-step -step guide on how to do it. So that worked really, really well mm -hmm. with our first hire. Um, so that's probably something I would recommend. Yeah. And even on that, like it's that wouldn't be specific to an accountant or a bookkeeper. No, any it's, task. Yeah, you're, you're hiring this person to do a, a process nine times out of 10, not to a holder of a relationship. So if they're doing like what you said, and it's just content, like write an SOP, a, a statement of procedure. So that way, if you expand and you need to hire one or two or three more people, Here's the process. It saves you on training time. Mm. And you can refine that process to now where we've refined that process multiple times and we've now found that sweet spot where everything works and it works like a machine. Mm. And you still got to, even if you think it's a, as good as it can be, you still need to revisit it and make sure that it's all good because things change, software updates. Um, so it's important to stay on top of that. Yeah, mm. and the foundation of it's written by someone that's never done the task before. Mm. So mm. it's not like it's, you know, one of us writing it who would assume prior knowledge when you're explaining the task and going through it with someone that's never done it before, they will go into so much depth mm. and sort of write things down because they're just unsure about it or they just want to be sort of pedantic with it. And they are pedantic with it, which they create amazing work because of that. Mm. That's awesome. I think that's just a great piece of advice is get them to write their own, like give them a guide, but then get them to write it. Yeah. Um, and then you can review that with them. Of course, we've, we've told that to our Australian-based staff to spend time with them and train them, and we're just we've seen the dividends in that. Yeah. But yes, you know it costs you money because you're paying this person to then train another person, but now that they this person has come leaps and bounds from when they started compared to now. They're just as good as an Australian yeah. in, in terms of doing their tasks, their, their tax and their bookkeeping and whatnot. So I think if you invest in processes and you invest in time, you're going to see, although short term, it, it may cost you a bit of money, but in the long term, it's so efficient and you want to retain staff as well. So if you're investing time and, and energy into it and money, they appreciate that and, and, and they'll stay with you for the long term. Would you pay more for someone in the area who is a senior so yeah. they can oversee the others? Does that make sense? As in a senior overseas? Yeah. Like you would groom someone eventually to get to that point where they can be like your, you got everyone else, you report into that person. Yeah. We've actually, that's, that's, how, that's, exactly that's how we've our done system. it. Yeah. So we've had this person that's coming and, and she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and now we've hired in under her. So 
um, the other person that we have now reports to number uno. Yeah. Um, and, and then she gives us feedback. Yeah. That's that's a great way to do yeah, it. Because even even beyond that, she acts as almost like another management system where we'll have meetings with her privately about the progress, what we think the strategies are to improve, you know, her colleagues sort of experiences if they're not performing well. It's like, okay, what's your feedback on it? Do you think we can do something mm. better? And you're engaging them to think just outside of a process as well because she's now going back and looking for things to help you improve your business from the back end as well. Mm. So having some like almost like an extra line of management overseas is like, like it's hard to explain the result. Like yeah. it's just fantastic. Yeah. That, and that's true because it's not always a tangible thing, the result. Like when you're training someone, you can't see that knowledge transfer. So it's not always a tangible thing. Mm. That's why when you need to invest that time at the start and you'll see it, it'll pay off in the long run for sure. Mm. Cool. There is a heap of information. I'll put a link in the show notes to the, the organization that I use. Maybe I'll do that after. Maybe we'll do a recap in a couple of months just to make sure it all goes smoothly for me. I don't want to <laughs> pump the tires of anyone and then it blows up. Yep. So, um, in a couple of months, all right into us. Please, if you have this experience and you've done it a certain way, we really want to hear from you. This is one of the essential things Like you got like automation, outsourcing. Mm. Like this is one of the things that will make your business fly. And just before we wrap up, I've heard of agencies doing this yeah. and like their profit margins just go through the roof because yes, their, their labor cost is reduced, but because they've systemized the business so much that you can just keep hiring these offshore people at that five to ten dollar mark instead of having an account manager here it's going to cost you 80 100 yeah, that's grand the, yeah some people find comfort in having the, the person just down the road they can yeah. yell, at, yell at and say this is not good enough yeah but if you really want the cost savings it seems to be you and, have to go yeah overseas and it allows you to scale because you can have you can now have one account manager whereas previously they could only get through maybe a hundred accounts or, or whatever it may be call it a hundred now if you've got four or five overseas people um sitting under them and they're doing all the work. All you're doing at the top level, if your system's good, is you just check, it's tick and flick. Yeah. Using that content calendar, whatever you want to call it, you're just check, checking captions, thumbnails, the photos. So you can, that that Australian person- the marketing, Head of marketing or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah it can now, they can now manage so much more, um, so many more clients. And we've seen that too with our staff, whereas traditionally you'd be able to manage X amount of fees, but now that there's staff underneath them, they're so much more time efficient. Mm. So your av your average, um, I guess, revenue per staff member is significantly higher in Australia. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Well, let us know. Write into us seriously if you've got something that we've missed, something that we think we could, you think we could do better, and we could share with the community. Please let us know. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link in the show notes that says "Ask a Question." You can also submit feedback that way. If you want to get in contact with the Gray Space team, Daniel and Jordan here, get them to work with you, help them strategize your business. You can see that they're a wealth of knowledge. Um, you'll find a link in the podcast player as always, as well as links on the RAS website over to Great Space Advisory. Um, gents, thanks for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, 
I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.